Support for NPR and the following message come from Ally. While you're working hard, is your money being lazy? Make your money work harder than ever with Ally's new smart savings tools. For all things money, you deserve an Ally. Visit ally.com. Ally Bank member FDIC. From 2004 to 2009, the Showtime TV drama The L Word examined the lives of a group of queer women in L.A. The show was uneven, and we'll get to that, but it also marked an important milestone for queer representation on television. Now, the series has a sequel called The L Word Generation Q. It's moved to a different L.A. neighborhood, it's added a diverse cast of new young stars, and it catches us up on the lives of Bette, Alice, and Shane, among others. I'm Marissa LaRusso. And I'm Stephen Thompson. We are talking the L word, Generation Q, today on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. So don't go away. Support also comes from Ally. You work hard to stay on top of the latest in pop culture. But does your money work hard for you? Or is it just being lazy? Make your money work harder than ever with Ally's new smart savings tools. Bucket your savings for the things that matter most. Analyze your spending and save automatically all on top of a competitive rate, because your money should work as hard as you do. For all things money, you deserve an Ally. Visit Ally.com for more info. Ally Bank, member FDIC. You know how every year you vow that this will be the year you start keeping up with the news more? Well, that resolution just got easier. The NPR Politics Podcast is there every day by 5 p.m. to keep you up to date on all the latest political news and explain what matters. Listen daily. Welcome back. You just met NPR Music's Marissa LaRusso. Also with us is writer Katie Presley. Hi, Katie. Howdy. It's good to have you here. Also with us is Christina Tucker of the Unfriendly Black Hotties podcast. Hi, Christina. Hey, hey, hey. It's great to have you all here. Uh, We've got a lot to unpack. Uh, Actually, you can just turn your mic on down, Stephen. We're fine. (laughs) It's been good to see you. I'll meet meet you at the end of the episode for the Twitter handles. Catch you later. But I want to go around the table a little bit. What did you think of the original L Word? What do you think of this L Word? Marissa LaRusso, I'm going to start with you. Well, okay, so I didn't watch the original L Word when it was on TV because I'm a baby. I watched Mm -hmm. it on Netflix. um, But it's a complicated show, and I have complicated feelings about it. The original L Word was like such a soap opera. It was so unhinged, which could make it frustrating, but could also make it like delightful and kooky and bizarre and fun to watch. And I feel like Generation Q is course correcting a lot for some of the issues with the original show in terms of representation, in terms of trying to tell different kinds of stories about queer lives. And that's really exciting. If the first version of the show was unhinged, this show feels a little bit more hinged. And Mm -hmm. I miss that a little bit. Gotcha. How about you, Christina? Yeah, I caught some of the L word as a youth. um, And it was I was like, okay, I am noting that this is important to me and I will deal with this in 10 years. Um, (laughs) And I obviously, you know, having rewatched it, have like, oh, yeah, this was quite problematic in areas. And, you know, and, and I understand the impulse to kind of course correct in this new version. But I have to agree with Marissa, it feels like it's missing some of that, like, unhinged fun that made watching it such a complicated joy. Gotcha. How about you, Katie? So 2004 to 2009 were exactly my college years, which is exactly when I started identifying as queer. So I was like prime 
primo audience for this. And I went to school in L.A. So absolutely felt like it was aimed at me. But that's part of the problem with it. I'm a white cis woman and nobody looked like me. These people are hilariously good looking. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I was comfy in ways that actually needed to be uh, pushed back against. But I also, I mean, I'm never going to watch 1.0 again. You know, Mm -hmm. I watched it. It was very important to me. It also felt offensive to my intelligence, especially by the last (laughs) season. Who, buddy? Uh, But I do, I like the new one much, much better. I do agree. It definitely feels a little more zipped up, as it were. (laughs) Um, It's all important and it's all a big part of the queer quilt. Gotcha. Well, as NPR's male gaze correspondent, <laughs> yes, just I'm what now the going were clamoring to for. Yeah. Behold my thoughts on the L word. <laughs> I did think it's interesting. You know, we watched it, Katie. You and I watched it on the Showtime app, and the two thumbnail images for the two shows sat side by side in alphabetical order. And the thumbnail image for the L word 1.0 was eight <laughs> women photoshopped together in the throes of passion, licking each other. Like, what Shane, he's trying to Shane say. is licking someone's <laughs> neck. Yeah. Uh, and, Classic and, Shane. Right. And, and, yep, and yep, Kitty was yep. pointing to it like, she never hooked up with her. Why is she licking her neck? <laughs> she, literally anyone else she could be licking and that would be believable. <laughs> Not Dana. Not precious Dana. Oh my God, no. I, truly. And then you have the thumbnail for uh, Generation Q, and it is uh, it is seven uh, very diverse and cheerful people walking kind of hand in hand in the sun with big <laughs> smiles on their faces, uh, largely fully clothed. Mm. And I think that that gives you a, a sense of kind of the sensibilities of, of these two shows. I The first show kind of portioned out its uh, its sex scenes, you know, like very carefully to kind of like, this is what you came for. And this one is, I think, a little bit more interested in, while those sex scenes are still there, they're placed where they're kind of of narrative use. Mm-hmm. And they're not, mm-hmm. they, they feel less like the show is like, all right, here you go. Like, <laughs> There was a sense with the old show that truly any new character that was introduced was like, countdown to pants off you know right. like yeah. someone walks through the door and you're thinking hookup potential or ups delivery you know <laughs> or, both. or both why not both <laughs> truly it happened <laughs> and that's part of the delicious off the rails feel right. of the first one that that the second one doesn't seem to have as much and the characters have grown up it's been 10 years so some of that is just not being youths anymore but i want more ridiculous ill-advised <laughs> yeah jobs. well for for the purposes of of serving you up some ill-advised behavior they bring in a kind of new young cast. They keep around Bet and Alice and Shane, but they bring in a bunch of dumb 20-somethings to have <laughs> dumb 20-something problems. Yep. yep. And, uh, they do give you kind of a, a little bit more, it feels like, of a range of experiences. I, I want to get back to something, a word that a couple people, I think Marissa and Christina both used, which is problematic mm-hmm. when talking about the first series, particularly in the area of trans representation. Mm. Uh, the first series is not known for its highly enlightened views on that. This series does a lot more work in that regard. There are a number of trans actors in the regular cast, and you really feel that in ways that I think greatly enrich the experience of watching this show. Marissa, could you could you speak to that? Because I, I, I wanted to get into a little bit of the differences in the ways that these two shows treat that particular. Yeah, 
I think that like one of the biggest shames about the first version of The L Word was the way that the show dealt with gender nonconforming characters. Like specifically, God, there's a character that gets introduced in the third season named Max, who's a trans man who's played by a cisgender woman in the show. And they just kind of heap every negative stereotype Ugh. about masculinity and transness onto this character. The show really did not treat him kindly. Did him dirty. And like, dirty. you know, the, certainly the mainstream conversation about trans issues is in a different place now than it was when that show first aired. But you would think on a TV show about queer characters that maybe they would treat trans stories a little bit better. But this time around, like you said, Stephen, there are multiple trans actors. The trans characters are played by trans actors, which is good, a vast improvement from the first version. Mm -hmm. And something that I found refreshing about these characters is that their transness is not the only plot line about them. They're Mm -hmm. full, complex people who have lives and part of their life is being trans, but part of their lives are, you know, other things that they're dealing with. I do wish Micah, um, who is a trans character played by Leo Shang, had just like a little bit more of a personality. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I'm glad that he's there and I'm excited to see what happens with him. Yeah, I kind of have that feeling about a lot of the new characters. I I understand what they're trying to telegraph with them, but I don't, like Danny and Sophie's relationship, I don't understand either of their characters. I don't know what they want. I don't know what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Whenever they fight, I'm like, well, I didn't know anything about you before. Now you're fighting about something and I don't really know why. And I honestly don't think I care. I think they're having a hard time building the lived-in feeling of these people, except for maybe Finley, who seems to have just kind of burst in and, like, (laughs) is a presence, has a vibe. I find it incredibly stressful and chaotic, but you know what? (laughs) Some people are incredibly stressful and chaotic. It seems like they're struggling to find where these new folks are going to fit in with trying to keep the old guard of the of the original cast in the story as well. That's what I was just thinking as you were saying that is it's just this pretty uncomfortable tension between building up stories which, you know, to put it capitalistically, to hook a new audience mm-hmm. to remain the most relevant media a young queer person can like stumble upon and have their life changed by while also doing fan service or or whatever, maintaining the relationship that those of us who watched the first one might still feel to characters like Bette Porter and Alice and Shane from the original. To your point, Christina, I don't think the show knows what it wants you to be feeling yet. And it's yeah. like just throwing a lot at the wall, mostly in the form of Finley. <laughs> There's right. a lot of Finley. I think I think fin- Finley is is this uh, this young woman who, as you said, is very uh, a very chaotic uh, force. But to me, like as sort of annoying as that character is, that character felt very real. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think sure. she's partially annoying because I like I know her. I've mm. seen right. her. I'm not clamoring to see more of her on my TV, but she feels like a person that I have seen and that I know. And the rest of them, I'm kind of just like ah question mark. Who, who sure. now? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I think you're. I think we're getting at. At, at an issue with this show that I felt very acutely over the course of we've watched the first six episodes there mm-hmm. are only eight episodes in this season but in eight episodes I remember kind of looking online like okay I'm, I'm this far into an, a season that's clearly going to be like 22 episodes long right Right. because it is a soap opera and yeah. soap operas have a gigantic sprawling cast and you can dip in and out of different people's lives you can focus on one third of the cast in one episode tell a complete story and the other two-thirds of the cast doesn't even really need to be around mm-hmm. we could l- spend the next 10 minutes listing plot lines on this show <laughs> introducing who the characters are how they interrelate 
and just not even get to what we think of the show. Right. And yet they're going to sort of tie up some of these stories in two episodes. One of the you just said we're not going to list all the plot points because we'd be here for six years. Do it. I, I, I'm moving very, in. Let's yes, go. Very specifically, <laughs> I want to say that if the Fleabag hot priest relationship touched you in a theological way, if it was moving to you as a person considering your own faith, I actually found Finley's relationship with a woman that she is sleeping with and then finds out is a priest very moving. It's a very complex thing. And for a pretty campy show, everything about their interaction felt smart and made me really think. I think one thing that's interesting about this L word versus the previous L word is the landscape of TV is much queerer in 2020 than it was in 2004. Yeah, I think when the original L word was on TV, if you wanted to watch a show about that was mainly about the lives of lesbians, I don't really know where else you would look besides the L word. But nowadays, if you want to watch those kinds of shows, you have like Orange is the New Black, or you have Pose, or you have Transparent, or you have The Bisexual, or like also many other things. Like there's just more shows telling these stories. And the idea that one TV show can represent everything about what it means to be a lesbian or a queer woman feels kind of outdated now, which makes me wonder, like, what exactly is Generation Q trying to do? I wonder if what will end up being, you know, quote unquote, groundbreaking about this one is that they let it get kind of boring or something. (laughs) They just like, what if this is what if the next frontier is like, just an episodic check-in on everybody's fave queers, you know, and just living their lives. So the Q in Generation Q stands for queer. And I feel like I kind of went into the show expecting that this new generation would be like really breaking down a lot of old school understandings of what it means to be gay. We haven't seen any characters on the new version of the L word identify outside the gender binary, outside like the gay straight binary. Mm -hmm. It's really exciting that there's more racial diversity on the show. It's exciting that there are trans characters, but like the show starts off with a very traditional, as far as gay marriage goes, marriage proposal. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I kind of am wondering if the show is going to push back a little bit on, on those kinds of ideas about queerness. Here's hoping. Yeah. So I feel like we've, you know, we've we've talked about this show for a while now, and I feel like we've buried, maybe buried the lead a little bit. Certainly buried the very <laughs> I first, know where this is going. the very first thought I had when I when I saw that they were kind of bringing back the L word, which is, what of the original theme song? Oh my good god! Yeah. Yeah. Who, who wants to? Who wants to? Who wants to give it a shot? Love and living, laughing, and learning. There is no, no learning. <laughs> there is no learning. Which is actually Summary. a message yep. of, the, of the L word. There is no learning here. Wow. I feel pretty ripped off that we didn't get a new version of that theme song. I was thinking you could work in the words swiping and tweeting to that original <laughs> grinding. grinding. Wow. Mm-hmm. Write it. Let's get it going. Like, let's write this song now. <laughs> well, we want to know what you think of the L word Generation Q. Come and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PCHH and on Twitter at PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. You can follow Katie on Twitter at Love is Maroon. You can follow Christina at C underscore Grace T and Marissa at M-R-S-S-L-R-S-S. Thanks to all of you for being here. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. And of course, thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. If you have a second and you're so inclined, please subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash newsletter. We will see you all right back here on Friday when we're talking about uncut gems. <laughs>